You can be seated. You know, whenever we get in the presence of God, you never know how God's going to lead or what he's going to say. But one thing you can be assured of is that he knows everything about you and about me and about what we need and what we need to hear. And he knows how to get to us exactly what we need. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. Amen. I've walked in this place, and I've seen many a times where God has just tailored the service for someone or someones. Might have been for you. I don't know. He's done that for me a few times. But um, tonight, we're going to talk about being redeemed from the curse of the law. We have been talking about the last couple of weeks or a few weeks, we were talking about don't back down. Anybody remember any of that? Praise God, don't back down. So uh, we're not going to back down, amen? But we do want to talk about being redeemed from the curse of the law. Um, So let's just go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. And we will start there. So in the King James uh, Version, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So here we see in this verse, It says, Christ hath. Hath is a past tense, right? It's something that's already happened. It's happened in the past. It's already done. So Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. It's not something that he's trying to do. It's not something that he has to do. It's not something that he's thinking about. It's not something that, you know, you might be saying, well, when is this going to happen? No, Christ hath. He's already redeemed us from the curse of the law. We are the redeemed. Amen? Amen? We are the redeemed. And we are redeemed from the curse of the law because Christ has been made a curse for us. When he died on the cross, he was made a curse for us. He took our sins. He took our sicknesses, our diseases. He took spiritual death. He took everything upon himself. When he was on the cross. And it says cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. He hung on the tree for us. Now you know hanging on that tree was a symbolism of our redemption. But in the Bible time it was also a symbolism of shame. You know if you, if you were, were um, found to be guilty of something and you were crucified or you were hung on a tree, that was, that was shame. You, you know, this, this is, they were putting it all out there. You were just shameful. Well, we know that Christ, when he was on the cross, you know, he was stripped, right? He was, he was put to shame. And so this being redeemed from the curse of the law is not a light thing. It's not something that um, we should just take lightly or we should just say, 
oh, well, you know, I'm redeemed. You know, I, I, I hear people saying, well, you know, I'm redeemed. Okay, well, yeah, you're redeemed, but what are you redeemed from? And what does that mean? What does that represent? What happened? How did, how did you get redeemed? And so in this particular verse, it says that Christ hath redeemed us. Now, I'm going to read it to you in the New Living Translation. It says this. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. He's rescued us. And then it says, when he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promise Holy Spirit, through faith. So Christ has redeemed us. He's rescued us. And then uh, the pastor translation says it this way. Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. So he paid the full price, right? The full price. Amen to that, right? And then it says he absorbed the curse completely. He didn't leave anything out. He took it completely. And he became a curse in our place. For it is written, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. Jesus dissolved the curse from our lives. So that in him, all the blessings of Abraham could be poured out upon Gentiles. And now through faith, we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. So we see that we were redeemed. We see that we were rescued. We see that um, he paid the full price. He absorbed the curse completely. He became, he took our place. He became the curse for us. So we are redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, the definition, I I looked up in the dictionary for definition for redeemed, and there are a lot of definitions, but this particular one, um, it says to purchase back, to ransom, to liberate, or rescue from captivity or bondage, or from any obligation or liability to suffer or to be forfeited by paying an equivalent as to the redeemed prisoners or captured goods to redeem a pledge. So I'm going to read that to you again. To purchase back. Did Jesus purchase us back? Amen. Did he liberate us? Did he rescue us from captivity or bondage? Did he pay the obligation? Amen. He paid the price, right? So um, the second definition says to repurchase what has been sold, to regain possession of a thing alienated by repaying the value of it to the possessor. So we see here that our redemption, our, our Jesus paid the price for us to be redeemed with his own blood. And we'll look at that scripture in just a minute. But one of the things that I, I want to remind us of because I know you all have heard this more than once, but you know it bears repeating, right? The word, we don't get faith by having heard the word. We get faith by 
hearing the word, right? And I don't know about you, but I don't get it all in one sitting. I don't get it in two or three. Every time I read the word, I'm like, okay, well, I didn't see that before. You know, I learned something new, or the Holy Spirit reveals something new to me. So it never gets old. Whenever you start reading the word and you read it and you, you see it and you're like, oh, well, you know, this is really good. And it's like eating a meal or it should be that way for us. Amen. So um, we know that Jesus had to pay the price because there was no other man on the earth who could pay the price for our redemption. There was no one that could could do that. There was no sinless man. Jesus was the only sinless, sinless man on the earth. Now, of course, Adam was prior to the fall. But after the fall, as we know, what happened to Adam, what, what Adam did affected all mankind. Cursed all mankind. Every person. Every person born into this world has to deal with that. But the awesome thing is that Jesus came, Jesus died, Jesus was buried, Jesus was made alive, Jesus rose, and Jesus ascended, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And he did all of that for us, to ransom us back, to to repurchase us, to buy us back, to redeem us back to the Father. Amen? So, um, Jesus paid a horrific price to redeem us, right? He did. He shed his blood. Go to 1 Peter um, 1, 18 through 20. Let's look at that. So you can see what I'm talking about. And I'm going to read it in the King James Version first. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you. So here in um, the King James Version, it says that we were, it was with the precious blood of Jesus. Not just blood, but the precious blood of Jesus. That's what we were redeemed with. That is the price that he paid. He paid the price with his life. He presented his blood to the Father on our behalf. He went into the Holy of Holies and he presented his blood to the Father as payment for our sins, as payment to redeem us, as payment so that our relationship with the Father could be restored, as payment to restore what God had initially intended for man to have and to be. He did all of that. Amen? So the New Living Translation says, For you know that God has paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. 
And it was not paid with, with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake. So we can see that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. I was, as I was studying today, I was reminded when I was growing up, um, my mom used to save in probably, let's say, if you're, if you're over 40, you might remember this, maybe, maybe 45. Um, but I remember my mom, she would get these little stamps. She would go to the store, and she would get these stamps. And uh, some of you might remember. And she would collect the stamps, and then she'd go take them, and she'd get stuff for the stamps. Some of you guys here see people smiling and nodding their heads. And so, you know, she would redeem those stamps for whatever she would get dishes, um, just all kinds of stuff. You know, there was stuff that, sh- that you could get by saving these stamps. They'd get little books, and she'd put it in the book, and then when it got filled up <laughs> for a certain amount, they would get, they would take, she'd take it in and, and redeem it for something. But, you know, um, and then I was thinking about, which I'm, and so if I don't have this quite right, don't, don't, you know, don't think bad of me. But um, I know that people have gone to, like, pawn shops. And so they may exchange um, something, an item, and get money for it, right? And so I think you have so many days to come back and get it. And you can get it at the same price. But if you wait after that, you got to pay whatever the price is that they want for it. So these are like, you know, people redeem stuff that way. Um, but Jesus wasn't a stamp. <laughs> God didn't take Jesus to the pawn shop, <laughs> right? No. Before the world, before the foundation of the world, when before, really, if you think about it, before Adam even committed high treason, God already had a plan to redeem us. Amen? He wasn't caught off guard. He wasn't caught by surprise. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He's God. He's not all-knowing. So we had a plan already in place. But he also had us in mind. He had all of mankind in mind. And he had a plan to redeem us from the curse of the law. Now, when you're thinking about the curse of the law, of course, you have to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28, right? So let's, let's turn there. I won't say we're going to read all of it, but let's, let's look at some of it, okay? So Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I think I'll read it out of the New Living Translation because it's a little bit easier to understand, and we're going to start in verse 15. Now, this is what we're redeemed from, guys, okay? In fact, who can tell me what is the curse of the law? There's there's three things. Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death, right? Poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. All right. So, um, let me get to chapter 28 myself. 
All right, starting in verse 15. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says, But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come on you, come and overwhelm you. Okay? So he says, um, uh, Moses is saying, But if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commandments, all the commands and decrees I'm giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Now, let me just say this in the beginning before we read these things. Um, in some places, it says that the Lord himself or God sent this stuff. Now, we all know that there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no curse in God, right? So, really, when translators translated this, they didn't have, you know, when they were translating from um, Hebrew to Greek to English, you know, all those, um, you, it's not that easy to translate all those words. So they didn't necessarily translate that very well. It's more he permitted or he allowed. He didn't do it. God would never do that. Jesus came that we might have life right and that more abundantly so this the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus said i came that you might have life and have it more abundantly so god is a god of life he's a god he's not a god of death he's not a god of sickness i mean otherwise when we're reading the rest of the bible you would see well why is he why did jesus heal people if he wanted them to be sick you know what I'm saying? So, so as we're reading this, just keep in mind that God allowed this. He didn't do this. Okay? And the reason why it was allowed, because of their decision. Because they chose not to obey. They chose not to heed God. That was their decision. That wasn't God's decision. So when he made that decision, there wasn't anything he could do. He said, I've put before you life and death. Choose life. All right? So I just wanted to tell you that up front. Okay. So he says, your towns and your fields will be cursed. Your fruit baskets and uh, breadboards will be cursed. Your children and your crops will be cursed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be cursed. Wherever you go and whatever you do will be cursed. The Lord himself will send on you curses, confusion, and frustration in everything you do until at last you are completely destroyed for doing evil and abandoning me. The Lord will afflict you with diseases until none of you are left in the land you are about to enter and occupy. The Lord will strike you with wasting diseases, fever and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought and all with blight and mildew. These disasters will pursue you until you die. The skies above will be as an unyielding bronze and the earth beneath will be as hard as iron. The Lord will change the rain that falls on your land into powder and dust will uh, pour down from the sky until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated by your enemies. You will attack your enemies from one direction, but you will scatter from them in seven. You will be an object of horror to all the kingdoms on the earth. Your crops will be food for all the scavenging birds and wild animals, and no one will be there to chasten them to chase them away. 
The Lord will afflict you with the, with the boils of Egypt and with tumors, scurry, and the itch from which you cannot be cured. The Lord will strike you with madness, blindness, and panic. You will grope around in broad daylight like a blind person groping in the darkness. But you will not find your way. You will be oppressed and robbed continually, and no one will come to save you. And it goes on and on and on, right? So I'm just saying, you, all of these things, you'll be engaged to a woman, but another man will sleep with her. You will build a house, but someone else will live in it. You will plant a vineyard, but you will never enjoy its fruit. Your oxen will be butchered before your eyes, but you will not eat a single bite of the meat. Your donkey will be taken from you, never to be returned. Your sheep and goats will be given to your enemies, and no one will be there to help you. You will watch as your sons and daughters are taken away as slaves. Your heart will break for them, but you won't be able to help them. A foreign nation you uh, have never heard about will eat the crops you worked so hard to grow. You will suffer under constant oppression and harsh treatment. You will go mad because, you, because of all the tragedy you see around you. The Lord will cover your knees and legs with incurable boils. In fact, you will be covered from head to toe. Sound like a curse? Don't sound like anything good, right? Anybody want any of this stuff I'm reading about? No. Christ doesn't want you to have it either. That's why he redeemed you. That's why he redeemed us. And I mean, and it goes on and on. And and then, um, then he says, let me find this one scripture. I'm kind of skipping down. He talks about the fact that the Lord will afflict you with every sickness and plague there is, even those not mentioned in this book. This is verse 61. In this book of instruction, until you are destroyed. So, you think about it. The curse affected their finances. It affected their physical bodies. And it affected their minds. It affected their souls, their spirit. It affected every part of them. Actually, it was a threefold, threefold curse. Spirit, soul, and body. That's what we're redeemed from. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. This is not ours to bear. This is not ours to have. Jesus took it. Jesus bore it. Jesus redeemed us. Jesus purchased our redemption. He said, this isn't yours. But, you know, sadly, um, people will say, okay, like we, we know you, we, you've been taught well in this church that sickness is of the devil, right? But then you hear people who will say, well, God put that on me. To teach me something. No he didn't. God doesn't have to. Do, allow something. Or, or do something bad to you. To teach you something. 
The Holy Spirit is not that type of a teacher. He's the revealer of truth. Now, he might convict you of something, but he never condemns you. Amen? So, sometimes we, we, we receive things that really we've been redeemed from. And we allow the enemy to talk us into thinking, well, this is just a part of it. You know, like when we were talking about not backing down, and we know that, yes, that there's going to be trials and tribulations and all that, but we also said that if you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, that he has to flee, right? Well, when you are thinking of the things that fall under the curse of the law, you sub still do the same thing. You submit yourself to God, and you resist the devil, and he has to flee. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have to deal with symptoms sometimes. But I know my rights. I know that that's foreign. I know that that's trespassing in my body. I know that it doesn't have a legal right to be there because I am redeemed from the curse of the law. That is not mine. Jesus paid too big of a price for me to be sick, for me to accept it, for me to lay down. You know, um, I was sick, um, dealt with some symptoms a, a few months ago. can't remember exactly, but a few months ago. And um, it was interesting because, you know, I always remember when God uh, told me, he said, or the Holy Spirit said to me one time, I wasn't feeling well. This was years ago. And, and so I was laying in bed, and he said, you know, sick people don't, I mean, healed people don't lay in bed. So I got up. Um, I was like, okay, because <laughs> I'm believing, you know, that I'm the healed. So I, I got up. So I knew that was an act of faith for me, um, a step of faith. Well, this time um, recently when I w wasn't feeling well, um, my family didn't really know how to act because I don't deal with a whole bunch of stuff like that. You know, they, they, they're like, are you okay? They were waiting on me, which was kind of nice. No, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but what I'm saying, that was not the norm, okay? That was not the norm. And um, one of the things that I, I have always endeavored to do, I won't say I, I, make, I do it every time, but the moment I, if I have some symptoms, I take authority over it right then. The moment something doesn't seem right, the moment my body is challenging me, that's when I, I don't wait until, you know, I'm not, I'm like, you know, got to go lay down. Just the moment I do that. Why? Because I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from that. That's not mine. Jesus already paid the price for that. I don't have to accept that. I don't have to live that way. I don't have to be sick. Now, as I said, that, do, that doesn't mean we live in this world 
everybody, right? There's sickness all around us. There's stuff. This, this world is fallen. This world um, is cursed. So we know that. We're in this world, but we're not of it. But how we choose to live our life on this earth, what we choose to believe, what we choose to receive is up to us. It's up to us. We have to decide, I'm going to believe the Bible. God said I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed from poverty. Again, poverty, you can take that. Another thing. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there's so many scriptures in the word about finances. Why? Because God doesn't want you to be broke. Everybody say, God does not want me to be broke. And he doesn't want me to be sick. He doesn't want that. He never wanted that. He never intended that for his children. Never. Never intended that for his children. But do you, can we be challenged? Yes. But can we stand against it? Yes. Can we declare what the word says about it? Yes. Can we have what we say? Yes. Amen? Amen. So, yes, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, you, you might be saying, well, Minister Linda, you just told me to say I... Um, what did I have you say? Something about being broke. <laughs> I'll never, huh? God doesn't want us broke. Okay. So, but you might be saying, well, I, I'm, I'm barely getting along right now. Okay. What do you do with that? Is that a reality in your life? Yeah. There's practical things you can do. And then there's spiritual things you can do. And the Holy Spirit can help you do both. Amen. Amen. Some of the practical things may be look at how you're spending. Put yourself on a budget. Make some changes. But the word is true. You have been redeemed from poverty and lack. So in that, while you're making those natural changes and making those adjustments and listening to the Holy Spirit lead you in that way, you say, I'm redeemed from poverty. That's part of the curse of the law. I am redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from it. And begin to say things like, but God said he would supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Begin to say, you know, things like, um, you know, especially if you're uh, uh, um, somebody who gives your tithes, you know, and that's, that's an important part too, okay? So, um, and so you declare Malachi 10. Father, you said if I bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there might be meat in your house and prove you herewith, said the Lord of hosts, if you will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing, that there's not room enough to receive. I'm a tither. I thank you that you're pouring out blessing, that there's not room enough to receive. I'm redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack. That was never meant to be for me. 
and I don't receive it. I'm not going to walk in that. I'm going to walk in your blessing. You have blessed me. You have blessed me. You have paid the price, Jesus, for me to be blessed. So why am I going to lack? I'm not going to lack. Now, if I'm doing some stuff that I need to not do, I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to repent from that, and I'm going to make changes there. But I'm going to declare what you said about me, and I'm going to have what I say because this is what your word says, and your word does not return void. And you told me to plead my case, and I'm going to plead my case. And my case is that I'm a child of the Most High God, and I'm a giver. And I thank you, Father God, that I'm receiving. And you do the same thing with healing or with any. This is yours. This belongs to you. This belongs to you. This belongs to me. We have been redeemed. We don't have to accept sickness or disease in our bodies. We don't have to accept poverty or lack. Now, we're already... Those of you that are born again, you know, you, um, you are, you've been redeemed from not being born again, right? Spiritual death. Amen. So you've been made spiritually alive, right? But these two, every Christian needs to understand that sickness and disease and poverty and lack are also part of the curse of the law. A lot of people can receive, oh, yeah, I've, 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 you know, I'm, I'm born again. I'm no longer spiritually dead. But how many will receive the fact that they don't have to be sick or they don't have to be poor or broke? I heard this story um, this lady, she had, um, you know, she would say things like, you know, I, I never have enough, and, you know, it just seems like I can't get ahead, and, and my money, um, you know, it seems to just go, and, 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 and every time I turn around, I, I, you know, this bill's coming in, that bill's coming in, and, you know, I, I'm, I don't have enough to meet my needs and so forth and so on. And, and she was just saying these kinds of things consistently. And so um, her friend told her, she said, you know what? She said, you need to stop saying that. And she just told her, you, you're having what you, everything that you're saying, that's what you have. So stop saying that. And so she encouraged her friend. She said, I want you to say every day, every day. And she, in fact, she said, I want you to say it several times a day. I want you to say, I have more money than I can ever spend. She said, say it every day, every day. And so for about six months, she did that. She would just say it every day. And you know what it did? It changed her thinking. Because, you know, you got to change this. Got to change your mindset. Got to change your mind. So it changed her thinking, but not only did it change her thinking, it changed her finances. Just from six months of speaking, and she wasn't even necessarily speaking the words. She was just saying, I got more money than I can ever spend. I have more money than I can ever spend. 
Sometimes she'd say it three, four, five times. Sometimes she'd say it more than that. But every day, consistently, she would say, I have more money than I can ever spend. It changed her thoughts about money. And she said even that she didn't even, seems like she didn't even spend money the way she spent it before. It was like, it was no need. I don't, you know, I have it, but I don't have to spend it. Whereas before, she was spin, 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 spin. So she had what she said. Praise the Lord. All right, y'all. We will. There's some other stuff I want to share with you, but I uh, don't think we're going to get to it tonight. But let me just do this one. You see, I got lots of notes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's all right. All right. Let's, let's, let me read this to you. Again, this is a scripture that you know. But it says in Psalm 107, verses 1 and 2. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. This is King James. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord Say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Can you say that with me? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I declare that I am redeemed, and I say so. I say I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm redeemed from poverty. I'm redeemed from lack. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed from spiritual death. I am the redeemed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. 